0: the story. They tell every detail that they want to tell. They don't sugarcoat it. It makes what we believe real. Like it's not just about coming to church and, and playing games and, and having fun. There's, that's a part of it. But what we believe is real. It's life or death. For Jesus, it was life or death. For Christians all around the world, it's life and death. For those, For a lot of us, it can be life or death. If we don't follow Jesus, we could be going down a, a path of death. And so one of the most important questions we can ask whenever we're talking about the death of Jesus is why? Like, why did Jesus have to die? Like, that doesn't make sense. Why, Why is this story in the Bible? Like, why did Jesus have to come? Why did God have to come in the flesh and die? Why did he have to suffer this way? The first reason, and it's not the only reason, and it's not the most important, but the first reason is to demonstrate God's love Like some of us might be asking, like, does God love me? Like, if God's real, like, does he love me? And if he does, then how will I ever know? How can God prove that he loves me if he's real? Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says, God proves his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will he save, will we be saved by his life? So God proves his own love for you. If you've been wondering, like, if God's real, then how, how do I know he loves me? God proves his love for you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And while this is only one factor on why God sent Jesus to die, it's an important one to understand because God's love for you is unconditional. It doesn't change. God's love for you didn't start whenever you decided to come to church. And it didn't start whenever you were coming and you decided to take it more serious. It didn't start whenever you chose to worship. It didn't start when you chose to read the Bible. It didn't start when you chose to pray. God's love for you is unconditional. He loved us enough to die for us even while we were sinners, it says. Even while we were far off from God. Even while we were rebelling against God. Even while we were just doing whatever we wanted, when we wanted, thinking what we wanted, saying what we wanted, rebelling against God. God loved you enough in that moment to die for you. That fact, it should motivate us to want to love and serve God even more. It should make us want to submit to him even more. That fact, when we know that God loves us no matter what, like that shouldn't make us think, okay, then that's cool. Then I don't need to come to church because God still loves me. Oh, that's cool. I don't need to serve God because he still loves me. Oh, I don't need to give him my whole life because he still loves me. That's not what that means at all. And if that's what you think, then that proves that you don't really understand or accept Jesus the way he wants you to. But when we understand that God's love is unconditional, that we didn't do anything to earn or deserve it, then that should free us up to want to serve him anymore because that means that there's nothing we can do to lose it either. It's like what we say every Wednesday. God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. God loves you already. But why does Jesus' death have to demonstrate God's love? Like, why, why did Jesus have to die in order to demonstrate God's love? Like, that part, like, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like, why couldn't God do any other thing to demonstrate God's love? How does his death do that? It's because Jesus' death saves us from God's wrath, and it justifies us. Jesus' death saves us from the death that we deserve. Jesus' separation from God saves us from the separation from God that we deserve. Justify is a court term that Paul uses use about God, and it says, like, and like he saved us, he justified us, He reconciled us. Um, and it makes sense only after reading Romans 6 verse 23. All right. It makes sense only after reading Romans 6:23. It says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, wages, we all know what that means. a wage is what you earn is what you deserve. And every sin that we do, every sin that we think, every sin that we cause, it has more wages that we can never pay back or get rid of. We end up in spiritual debt. We end up in spiritual bankruptcy. There's nothing we can do to get rid of that. The wages of sin is death. And then we end up in debt that we can never get out. No one can pay their own sins back, let alone the sins of the world. And the punishment for sin, is as is death the wage of sin the what you earn the payment you earn is death think about it adam and eve in the garden of eden they were eternal in the garden of eden like the way that god created them like they would have never experienced death they were literally living in a physical heaven But whenever they sinned against God, it resulted in the eventuality of the physical death. Like whenever they sinned, like they didn't just die right there. But it resulted in, okay, now human beings have a lifespan. Now they have an expiration date. But more importantly, it resulted in a spiritual death. It resulted in God's absence. So every sin, it adds more wage that we can never pay back, that we can never get rid of. And so we end up in that spiritual death. But God loved us so much that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die in our place. Knowing that we can never not sin again, that we can never be holy enough, that we can never pay back and be perfect and innocent. So God, he said, the only solution is for me, a a loving God, an eternal God, a powerful God, to come and be a human being and live the perfect sinless life in the form of Jesus and to die in their place. God's love and God's sacrifice paid that debt. So what does this mean for me? What does this mean for you? It means it's more than just a story. It's more than just a fact to know. It's more than just something to make you feel bad or feel good. It means that if you believe in Jesus and you enter into his kingdom, it means that if you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, not just in, in, in speech, not just raising your hand, but whenever you submit to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I, I want to trust in you, and you allow his payment and his holiness to recover you, Whenever you say, Jesus, the sacrifice you made, it is enough for me. When you enter into his kingdom and you trust in him and you submit to him as king and you say, Jesus, I trust in you. Now your way of life, it's going to be my way of life. It's enough for me. It's not about my good works. It's not about me earning or deserving it. But because of your grace, when we accept Jesus in that way, then your debts have been canceled and your sins have been forgiven. And it says that you can find freedom. Those things that the sins, that that the wages earns as death, the same thing happens is that it makes us a slave to that. Whenever we live in that, we earn death, but then we're also a slave to that and we can't find freedom. We think that whenever we go off and we do our own thing and we do whatever we want, whenever we're living that way, we think we are living in freedom. We get to do anything. But the Bible calls that slavery. You can't get out. There's nothing you can do to get out by yourself. But it says in, in the Bible That Jesus frees you from that. It's not just about forgiveness, but it's about freedom to say no to those things, to live a life of fullness. I love the way that Colossians 2 says it. It says, and you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, but he made you alive with him and he forgave us of all of our trespasses. So we're going to pause right there. It says, you were dead in your sins. Like You weren't alive. You weren't living in freedom, but you were dead. You were a slave to those things. But you did not make yourself alive either. Like You didn't get up on a cross and make yourself alive. You weren't able to forgive yourself. You weren't able to resurrect yourself. And says you were dead, but God in his grace, he made you alive with him. And he forgave us of all of our trespasses. Verse 14, it says he erased the certificate of that debt. Remember that debt. It's... It's something that we can never pay back, but it says he erased it. He got rid of it with its obligations that was against us and opposed us. And he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. That debt that we can never repay and we can never get rid of. He says he erased it. And the obligations, the death, and everything that earned the, the slavery, he got rid of those two by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities, and he disgraced them publicly, and he triumphed over them in him. We were all dead in our sins before Jesus, doing whatever seemed right, doing whatever we wanted. But he made us alive, and Jesus forgave us of our sins. The wages we earned, the debt we can never pay, he erased it. He erased it, it is gone. The Bible says that whenever He forgives you, He throws your sins as far as the east is from the west. The sins are gone and they are no more. He took it and He nailed it to the cross. So let's think back to that story of Jesus on the cross. Jesus submitted to God's plan, He was distressed, He was troubled. But he submitted to God's plan because he knew this was the only way for all of us to experience freedom. Jesus allowed the humans that he created, because remember, Jesus is God. The humans that were breathing his air with the breath that he gave them, the humans that he formed in their mother's womb, he allowed them to nail him to a cross. A cross that was built with trees that he created. With nails made out of the atoms and the elements that he breathed into existence. He allowed them to nail him to the cross. And why? Like I like that question, why? Why did he allow that to happen? He was God. He created. He's the one that holds all things together. It's because when they were nailing him to the cross, they were also nailing the debt of your sin to the cross. Jesus stayed on the cross that we deserve and endured the, our punishment so that we could be freed from sin, freed from our past, and free to live alive in Him. It's more than just being forgiven so that we can enter in through heaven. But he nailed our sins to the cross so that we don't have to be a slave to it anymore. That we don't have to go back to it anymore. We don't have to live a life that is full of meaningless and is full of sin and brokenness. But we can live a life that is being recreated in the image of Jesus. In a second, we're going to watch a two-minute video from The Passion of the Christ. And I understand it's going to be graphic, and I understand it's going to be hard. And if you have to close your eyes, that is okay. But I want you guys to see a representation of what this story is talking about. And as soon as this video is over, Alyssa, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come up to the stage.